for real sports fans. Swing it a man. Slam dunk. Touchdown. Sports. It's Jimmy B and TC. Oh, yeah. The word you're looking for is wow. Here's Jim and Trent. Kicking off the 5 o'clock hour. Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Jordan Bohannon, the Hawkeye Junior Point Guard, will be stopping by a conversation with his mm-hmm. offseason and his 21st birthday today, Jimmy B. He takes Woo-hoo. time out of his day, 21st birthday to talk with us here on 1700. Tell you one thing, I would not be talking to some dorks on the radio on my 21st. I had, I had other things that I was uh, go, going on that day. Well, speak for yourself on that dork comment. Uh, but from that standpoint, I'm glad that he is going to take time to have a conversation with us. Look, when you're 21, you're a man. Or at least people seem to think that you are. But from that standpoint, I think that probably this will be having a conversation here on 1700, the highlight of his 21st birthday celebration. Don't you think so? Let's hope that's not the case. Let's hope it's something okay. a All little right, fair bit enough. Okay. better okay. than that. That'll be coming your way here at about 5.15, Jimmy B. But before that, we still got plenty to dive into. We talked yes. about the top of the show today locally, uh, an odd story with Sam Stoll getting shot in the knee, waiting more details on that. The Hawkeye heavyweight wrestler going back for his senior year and certainly hope everything is okay on that front. But you had a little NFL story you wanted to run by. What do you got for me over there? Well, look, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, they have worked out at Mankato State, then changed to Minnesota State, Mm -hmm. for 52 years, Trent. 52 years! Almost as old as me. So... From that standpoint, it's going to go away because now they have their brand-new practice facility, and so they are not going to go back to Mankato or Minnesota State, however you like to refer to it. And I remember going there a few years back. You remember this. Mm -hmm. I took that trip and and went up because I like to go to different uh, training camps. I've gone to KC, and I went up to uh, Minnesota as well. And... I'm watching, at that time, Teddy Bridgewater. And Bridgewater is throwing passes out of a couple of set formations. And lo and behold, the first NFL exhibition game, I know the NFL likes to call them preseason, but they don't count, so it's an exhibition. The first exhibition game, it's the same pattern to Kyle Rudolph, the tight end, over the middle that went for like 25 yards. And I'm sitting there going... I just saw him do that about six times in a row at training camp. So if you understand the game and you watch it in such a way, you will see, if you go to training camp, plays that they are indeed working on, and you'll see them during the exhibition season, and then that'll translate into the NFL regular season. But look, I... I, I find it interesting that after 52 years, that's going to go by the wayside. And they're going to do roughly 18 open practices, Trent, now for fans. 18 open practices. Well, That'll be fun. Well, it used to be in the day where everything was open. And at Mankoto, you yeah. could go up anytime you wanted. And 
watch the morning practice, watch the afternoon. I remember we'd make that trip up there. It was, I think, uh, less than two hours to get up to Mankato from where I grew up. So we'd make the trek up, trek up. And even though I wasn't a Vikings fan, it was NFL football and that close, so you'd go there. And remember getting David Palmer's autograph and the line for Warren Moon mm, was sure. was ridiculously long. I'm like, no, 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 I don't need Warren Moon. I'm going to go for David Palmer. Yeah, that didn't turn out very good with his NFL career. But, yeah, it's uh, – the, the changing of times. Jim, you remember back in the day when the Bears, of course, they're in Bourbon A now, but they'd go up to Wisconsin. Right. Tons of yes. teams. Kansas City was up in there. New Orleans was there during that yep. time period. In the upper Midwest, you go up there and, and work out. It might not have been for the whole training camp, but at least a portion of that. And anymore, people are just staying close to home and building their own practice facilities. And most importantly, having all the amenities that they need right there. Not worrying about putting guys in college dorm rooms and things like that. <laughs> These guys are set up in the right way, as they should be. I mean, we're talking about multi-million dollar investments. You don't want some guys sitting on a, a sticky dorm floor. That's where they're going to be hanging out after a long day of work. Well, I can tell you this. The Pittsburgh Steelers still go to Latrobe at St. Vincent, and they still run their uh, their training camp, and the guys still stay in the college dorms. I stayed there. The media had a dorm at St. Vincent. That's where we would stay, covering the Steelers. The Dallas Cowboys used to, Trent, go to Thousand Oaks, yep. California. Mm-hmm. And I loved, when I was working in Dallas, I loved that trip because they would practice in the morning, and then we'd get all of our stuff done and then take off for Zuma Beach, which was about a half-hour drive from Thousand Oaks and just hang out on the beach all day. And it was great. So from I, I miss those trips. I know that they're kind of becoming a, a thing of the past now, and, and it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals used to go to Flagstaff and train up there, and it was awesome. Well, they don't do that anymore. They just train at the uh, where they play there in Glendale. And uh, the, the Rams, I think, I think they just play now where where they uh, where they play, where they train where they play. I don't know about the Chargers. I know Oakland used to go to Santa Rosa, California. I'm not sure if they still go back there or not. And it's 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 becoming where where those particular places, the Buffalo Bills used to go to a little town called Fredonia. And Fredonia was about a 45-minute ride from downtown Buffalo, headed west in a little community. Fredonia uh, State University is there, uh, and they had all the facilities. And the Bills used to invade Fredonia, and the people would come in mass. And Fredonia was, you know, the place to go. Buffalo doesn't do that anymore either. Now they go to Rochester, much bigger facility as they train at, uh, oh, I've forgotten the name of the school now, but it is in Rochester, and it's a, it's a real nice setup. So some teams still do it. Other teams, you're right, Trent, have really pulled back. You mentioned Latrobe and the Steelers. Do you know the, yes. the team and organization that has been at one location the longest? It was both Green Bay and, or excuse me, I gave it away. Minnesota and Pittsburgh, that was tied for the second longest yes. before they move away. But the Packers, do you know where they go, though, every year, Jimmy B? Is it Wausau? They go to St. Norbert College. St. Norbert College. I know is nothing it in about Wausau? it. Is it in Wausau, Wisconsin, though? 
Oh, I have no idea. What? You're asking the wrong guy there. Well, I don't know. I'm just... Uh, St. Norbert, that's it? St. Norbert College? It's in Depair. Depair? Oh, it's in Depair. Depair. I don't speak French, so you got to help me out here. D-E-P-E-R-E. Yeah, Depair. Yeah, that's that works. Well, we didn't solve anything in that segment. That's no. for damn sure. No, <laughs> not at all. We're going to solve some things coming up next as we got Jordan Bohannon stopping by. Plenty of things to get into with him on his 21st birthday. Iowa, how much better can they be defensively? That's a question that remains, Jim, for this squad going forward. What are we going to see out of them on that end of the floor? And and he's a part of that. Also, you know one thing that kind of drove us nuts? He was uh, he, he took a lot of arrows from Iowa uh-huh. fans last year. He's got to help me out. What does a true point guard mean? I've been watching basketball for 38 years. I still don't know what a true point guard is. People, Well, Jordan Bohannon, he's not a true point guard. What does that mean? We'll ask Jordan. Maybe he can fill us in and figure out what exactly a true point guard is. We'll talk with him next as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Jimmy B and TC talking with Jordan Bohan of the Hawkeyes. He's up next. Phil Ryder, nice to be talking to the home crowd again in central Iowa, where I was raised, where I got married. The show is right than you, 5 to 9 p.m. weekdays on Des Moines Big Talker 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back and happy to welcome in junior point guard for the University of Iowa. He is Jordan Bohan. And a big day, not just Jordan because you get to talk to me, Trent Condon, but because... Well, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, pal. How's things going? Going well. I feel, feel old already. 21. It's a big year. <laughs> it's a big year. I remember those days well. A long time ago, my 21st birthday in Iowa City. But you're a student athlete. You're not going to partake in anything crazy. You're just going to be working on that jumper, right? Exactly. And, of course, some defense as well. <laughs> well, uh, that is something I know that has been a, a big talking point throughout this summer after last season, Jordan. And and uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today, you know, you go back to last season, 4-14 four and 14 in the Big Ten, 14-19 overall. You guys had big expectations. Media had big expectations. And defense continued to be kind of the, the talking point all throughout the year. What have you done individually and, and, and as a team to really work on that end of the floor? Yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's taken a lot of, a lot of uh, reflection on our part these past couple weeks, past couple months, just to really take in what happened last season because, like you said, there was high expectations given to us. And, um, and we honestly put high expectations on ourselves. And I see a problem with that, and I still don't. I, I feel like we're still coming with the same mentality this offseason. Um, showing up to work and realizing that we still have a really good shot of getting to our goals of winning a Big Ten title, making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. That's the same goals we're going to continue to have. So I think having that men- mentality this offseason, again, it just shows how resilient we are because we have most of our team coming back. And a lot of us are, haven't been getting down on each other this entire offseason. We just c- continue to work every single day. And that, I think that says a lot about us. You know, as you go through and look at things, and you mentioned that defensive end of the floor, but you know, there were a lot of other things that also happened that, that led to the downfall last year. I know there's also been a, a lot of concentration concentration throughout this time about getting stronger. Is that something that, as a group, you've been working on together in the weight room? And, and what's been different? You guys are always working out. You're always lifting weights. But what's been different here throughout the spring and into the summer? 
I think we've been paying a little more attention to the little details in the weight room. I know I'm not saying that we cut corners or anything in the weight room, but I think we're taking more time on certain exercises. We're taking more time on helping each other out, getting through exercises to try to motivate each other and stuff like that. So um, not necessarily just physical-wise, but more, I guess, mental, being more vocal with each other and um, working on that aspect of our our individual leadership skills. Um, I think that's going to pay dividends later on in the season. So. Um, coach Maxwell, our strength coach, has been doing a really good job of getting us ready um, for this upcoming season. He's continuing to push us and continue to push each other. So I think we're making really good strides to be a really good ball club coming up this season. Jordan, uh, you mentioned what you guys have been working on going through, and throughout this time you've also had the question until a few weeks back of what this roster was going to look like with Tyler Cook putting his name into the NBA ring, going through draft workouts and working out with a number of different things. Did you have an opportunity to talk much to Tyler during that, and and now that he is back with you guys and going through these workouts, how are things going there? Yeah, I didn't. Honestly, we kind of left him do his do his own thing um, when deciding on what the right thing was to do. I know this uh, the average uh, perspective of all of us uh, of his of our being his teammate. We just said to do the right thing. Uh, we know the opportunity ahead of him that he had, and um, if he had a chance to be able to get drafted or to make a roster spot, this it's really a no brainer for him. Um, but he ultimately made the right decision, and um, he's coming back for another year. I think it's huge for us to have a dominating uh, player down low, a guy that can now step out, and he's able to hit mid-range shots. So um, having another guy like that on the court, I think it's going to space out the court even more and uh, allow for guys like me, allow for guys like other other guys in the backcourt to be able to penetrate and um, get some open shots that way. And maybe a few easy assists on a few alley-oops because he can go up and get it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jordan Bohanna, Jody gets here, taking a look forward to next season of Iowa basketball with Jordan on his 21st birthday. Well, uh, with that, one other thing I, I wanted to get your perspective on, and it's something I know you didn't want to bring up, you didn't want to use it as a crutch last season, but you were dealing with an injury all throughout last year in the plantar fasciitis, and, and I've talked to a number of people, we talked to some uh, sports doctors here on our airwaves, and they brought up just how debilitating that can be. Take us back to that pain and, and what you were going through last year and what you've done to improve that. Is it something where surgery can correct it, just rest? What happened with the plantar fasciitis? Yeah, so um, obviously I'm not a guy to ever talk about anything. Um, I don't even really know how I even got brought up <laughs> into the media, how they found out. But uh, it, it started around uh, my uh, NIT, or NIT tournament my freshman year after uh, the South Dakota game. I came to the locker after halftime. And, um, I just told Brad, our trainer, that I was in so much pain I couldn't even walk anymore. And we had to retape my ankle. We had a little taping job to help out, uh, put pressure off my fascia. But um, ever since then, it's just been a really roller coaster ride for me because there's some days where I don't even notice it and the next day I get up and I can barely walk on it which is really really frustrating on my part um but I know uh trying to be the tough kid I am just to try to work through it and um, realize there's obviously there's worse injuries that could be happening I, I still able to play um I'm just trying to work through it and Brad's done a really good job of getting me ready for game this past season and um trying to keep it healthy healthy for every single game that was on the schedule so um, uh, as far as surgery goes, I know there's not really there's not really much to do uh, for plantar fasciitis, but I did have um, injection done in my foot last off season um, around this time, and I took about a month and a half off after that. But it didn't really perspire or anything; just 
um, kind of same lingering stuff. So, um, but ever since um, I had the, we've had this break in the spring, it's been feeling good. So I'm hoping to stay like that. Well, we're certainly rooting for that. Want to see you back healthy on the floor all season long with the Hawkeyes this year, Jordan. Uh, with that, you are you're big on social media, and I saw some birthday wishes for you today out there. Very uh, well, you're at the forefront of things on Twitter. But there's also the dark side to it. Has there ever been a time that you've looked back and, and thought, maybe I should just step back, maybe just put the account on mute and step away for a while, pull a LeBron? Yeah, you know, um, I have thought about that. I know it's um, something with the football team, they don't even allow them to get on Twitter in the first place. So um, I think a lot of that has to do with the individual you are um, and how you handle things. I know ever since I was, um, started on Twitter ever since I was growing up, through, going through high school. Um, even people talk to me face to face. There's always been those people that kind of um, not really said something like to me, literally, but kind of um, said stuff that realized that I'm not going to make it this far. I'm not going to be able to um, handle playing in a Big Ten type of atmosphere and not be able to play Division One at all. So I've kind of used like social media like that. Kind of if people ever say something negative to me more motivating to me i kind of i've always taken a screenshot of it someone tweets at me and um hoping to try to use that as motivation as um, my life goes on in my career so um as far as i go that's how i go about it i know a lot of people on my team do the same thing as well so um but like you said there can be definitely be some downfalls to it and we just try not to not not to take it too too much to heart well, you, you've had plenty of great responses, and let an old guy like me have a few chuckles, which is always a good thing. <laughs> and uh, always enjoy what you're doing over there. Jordan Bohannon joining us and uh, talking some Hawkeye hoops with Jordan. Well, Jordan, you are now an upperclassman as you get ready to begin your junior season. But before that, normally you're getting ready to watch you play in North Liberty and up in Waterloo in the PTL. That won't be the case this season. Your takeaway from that, certainly, I- I'm disappointed. I always love to you know, pour through the box scores, maybe overreact a little bit on the radio. That's what we, we tend to do from time to time. But are, are you going to miss the PTL this summer? Um, I am, actually, yeah. I, I know it's, it's definitely a connection between um, fans and other players like you and I to Iowa that we're able to get um, kind of relationship going and um, the fans get a kind of a close-up look that they're not able to do during season. Uh, they're able to watch us literally right right next to the court. They're really able to say some stuff that um, that we're able to interact with that we're not normally able to do. So it definitely provided some uh, sense of entertain- entertainment to the fans and uh, allowed them just for them um, to get ready for the upcoming season. So um, it's definitely a shame that it had to end though, because I know how much of a huge Hawkeye basketball fan um, Randy Larson is and. Uh, I've gone to be able to get pretty close with him these past couple of years, and I know it definitely had to be a hard decision for him, but for him to run a league like this for 31 years straight, it's just pretty pretty impressive. You uh, put up some monster stats during that one. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of defense. Can, can some bad, maybe, basketball traits start to develop, though, playing in a league that's wide open like that, the defense isn't really uh, at the forefront of what people are trying to do? Um, yeah, I think it can. I know we try to, coming into the games, we try to, I know from from my uh, standpoint, every time I step on the floor, I try to get some, get better at some um, aspect of my game, whether that's on offense or defense. So 
Um, that's kind of how I came into the games. If I wanted to work on floaters, I would work on floaters this game. If I didn't want to take any threes and just simply work on finishing and dishing off to other guys, I'd do that one other game. So I think that provided a different way to go about things. But um, having having being able to play now or not looking back and being able to play those pickup games, kind of realize because we have such a busy schedule. You know, we have lifting mornings, workouts, afternoons. we got to go to class. Some of us have tutors. So, um, it just it kind of can get you wore down for a little bit, and sometimes it, some bad habits can happen when you get wore down. Wore down. But um, I wouldn't necessarily say that just strictly alone prime time caused some of those walls on defense. But um, you know, some things can happen though when you get wore down like that. No doubt, we're talking with Jordan Bohannon, taking a look forward, Jordan. Before we let you go, as you go through and, and mention an upperclassman, one thing that that I've heard Fran talk a lot about throughout the years is being connected. And I'm sure you, you've heard that message plenty of times through your first two years uh, being and playing under Fran McCaffrey. But when you hear that connectedness, now as an upperclassman, a little bit more on your shoulders, being a leader, what does that mean to you? Um, whenever he says, I think I'm taking heart to it, I think more than most guys this year because I'm going to try to step up and be more of a vocal leader than I have been. I've always been kind of a leading by actions type leader ever since I was little. I never really said much, but um, end of sophomore year, um, starting the spring and workouts, I've definitely tried to grow my role in that and try to pick up some guys vocally and um, kind of realize that me being the point guard, I got to be the loudest guy on the court at all times. And um, I got to help guys out when they're not doing the right thing. And I want the same guys, I want the same thing to happen when I'm not doing the right thing. So um, I think we, we, all of us have done a really good job of that ever since the season ended. Well, you got a pretty talented freshman showing up also, and we'll not be able to see Joe Wieskamp this summer in the PTL. But what have you seen from him early on as he's uh, made his way to campus? Have you had a chance to do much workouts with Joe? Yeah, we've had some workouts and some pickup games. Pickup games have been really fun, really competitive. and um, I've been trying to make sure that I get on. Uh, I, I pick him on my team to try to get him, try to get him uh, prepared for me kind of distributing the ball to him and get him, getting uh, the rhythm of uh, the passes for me and try to get in the shot shot ready every time I get him the ball because I think that's one thing that I, that I probably should have done a little better. Um, I know it's hard coming from me because I, I love to shoot the ball, but mm-hmm. uh, I wish I was a little more shot ready coming in my freshman year. So um, that's definitely something I'm going to try to work with him about because we need him to come in. We need him to contribute right away. Um, he's definitely a scorer, and we want him to try to be a scorer. So that's, that's obviously something that we're going to try to hammer home with him. Well, uh, with that, now, there's been one thing, and, and we go back to what we were talking about on Twitter. There is a faction of Iowa fans and non-Iowa fans that don't call you a true point guard. What What is a true point guard? You you played hoops at a lot higher level than I did in the North Iowa Conference, so help me out here. What, what in the world does a true point guard mean? Well, it's funny you bring that up because I think basketball is kind of evolving to positionless um, positions. Every every single one through five. I mean, you can make the argument one, even one and five are the only position on the court now because two, three, and four are so interchangeable. Mm-hmm. But um, I think any 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 time you have a true point guard on your team, I think that's just someone that uh, leads by example. You can look at NBA teams. You can look, look at college teams. There's a lot of couple guards that maybe not really the fit the whole fold of the true point guard, but they're leading their teams. They're trying to do the right thing on the court every time they step foot. And uh, I think any time you have a guy like that, 
that's able to try to that's try to lead a team. I think that's considered a true point guard, man. Good stuff. Well, with that true point guard and, and what you do last season, we didn't get to see a whole lot of it because well, Christian Williams left right before the season. Connor McCaffrey was dealing with injuries and illness all throughout the season. But do you welcome the opportunity to play off the ball a little bit more, not just have to be out there 35, 38 minutes a game, man in the point, but playing a little two-guard, coming off some screens and knocking down some jumpers? Oh, yeah, I think any time I uh, can get some shots off, I would be a little happy. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah, um, I'm excited for it. I know Connor's uh, definitely more of a facilitator, looking to contribute um, with the ball in his hands and try to get people open. So I'm looking forward to working with him. Um, on offense, obviously, and him um, trying to load me up because I think we're going to have a lot of shooters on this, on this team this year and it's going to spread out the court a lot. So hopefully that will help me get some pressures off myself as well. well. Looking forward to it. Should be a fun season of Iowa basketball, returning 98% of the scoring from a year ago. And Jordan Bohannon joining us here today. Jordan, thank you so much for your time and enjoy your 21st birthday tonight. So that was Jordan Bohannon joining us here today. Great conversation with him. Went a lot of different directions. Looking, of course, the biggest question, I think, going into this year, how do they improve on that defensive end, the work that they've been putting in throughout this spring. Been really good uh, getting his perspective on things. And how about that? Giving us some time on his 21st birthday. I'll tell you one thing. I'm at 21st. I was not talking to some dork here on the radio podcast side of things. And a little crossover event with Hawkeye Heaven, the Hawkeye Heaven podcast. Myself and Derek Peck each and every week talking the world of Hawkeye athletics. You can join us. Just download your favorite podcast app, iTunes, the new Google App Store, a lot of different ways with the podcast that they have. You can get a hold of us. Just search Hawkeye Heaven. It'll pop up there. Great guests each and every week. From the recruiting side, incoming freshmen, to guys currently and former Hawkeyes all joining us each and every week on the Hawkeye Heaven Podcast. We'll come back on the other side. Jimmy B will join the fray as we take you up until 6 o'clock here tonight on the Big Talker 1700. We're back with more in a moment. Great conversation there with Jordan Bohan and Jimmy B last segment. Really enjoyed that one and I know you had a chance to to listen in. Really engaging, really fun kid to talk to Mm -hmm. and and we talked about Twitter and some of the barbs that have been thrown his way. He's an easy kid to root for, regardless of where you stand, Hawkeye or Cyclone. Always liked him. Always thought that his game translates very well to Big Ten basketball. Uh, he's an amazing shooter from the outside. And look, he's a, he's a guy right now that now he's an upperclassman. So if he thought it might be bad when he was a freshman and sophomore, if things don't pan out this coming season, it'll get a lot worse when you're an upperclassman and you're really expected to deliver. And, and, and you know what, Trent? Uh, I hope that, that the Hawks do well. Uh, last year was just an abomination, was just god-awful, and they deserved their fate for the way that they played. So... I'm not quite sure, after talking with Hawk fans, how they believe that the switch is just going to get flipped, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden this is going to be one of the top teams now in the Big Ten. You know, uh, I know that I know Wieskamp's coming in, and I know that these guys played, but my God, you just saw what they did. They won four, I repeat, four Big Ten games. Are you telling me now they're going to go from winning four to ten, twelve? It's a big leap, and I yeah. notice a lot of trepidation from the Hawkeye fans that I talk to. 
there's always the people that think they're going to be good every year, Jimmy B. But for the most part, it's after last season when the expectations, it wasn't big on a national scale, but certainly locally, people looked at this Iowa team that they were at the very least going to be an NCAA tournament team, and they never got going. It was started early on when they're playing down in the Virgin Islands, and they lose you know, those games to Louisiana Lafayette and South Dakota State, and they never could get it going. They could never get over the hump. And I, I think a lot of Hawkeye fans are kind of in that wait-and-see mode, what, what this team can be, what, what are the, what's a realistic expectation for yeah. them. I don't put the baseline at the NCAA tournament this year. It just... 4-14 lingers, and now you got 20 games in conference. So to be a tournament team and, and with Iowa, the way they schedule, does that mean you have to be 11-9? and Does it mean 12-8 and in the Big Ten? And those 12 or 11 or 12 victories be the right 11-12? and 12? It, it's, it's difficult to see that and envision it after what you saw on the defensive end. And we're not going to know it until we see it because – Right. Defensively, right. last season, it was so bad. It, it was so ugly at times. That's you, you just can't talk your way into being a good defensive team. It's about the work that they're putting in right now. It's about being more connected on that end of the floor. And until you see that, there's nothing that would happen in the PTL if we had the PTL this summer that'd be able to answer <laughs> that question regardless. But this is, this is as wait and see as I can remember. You know I don't like to sit on the fence with things, Jimmy B. I have an opinion. I know you don't, yep. And, and yep. I, but this one is it's so difficult for me right now to try to envision either the extreme as they were bad as they were this year or they're good enough to be a tournament team. I, I just I can't go to those extremes right now with this squad. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. I, I, I think that last year they pretty much hit rock bottom with four wins in, in conference mm-hmm. play. But I I can't go and tell you Oh, like what you said, is this team going to be 11 and 9? Are they going to be 12 and 8? Are they going to be better than that? Yeah. Trent, we have no idea. We we just don't. It's the same guys with the addition of Wieskamp. That's it. The same it's the same guys that were on the floor. Now, you would hope that Garza and Nunji are going to be better. Mm-hmm. And you would you would think that Tyler Cook has got something to prove. Yeah. So that he can raise his draft stock uh, for the upcoming NBA season. I mean, you would you would you would think all of those would be all part of the equation. And if you factor those in, you're going to say, "Well, they're they're going to be they're going to be pretty good. They're going to be right in the hunt." Whoa! Pump the brakes a little bit here because you said you just can't sit around and talk about playing defense. Mm-hmm. Look, this team doesn't have to be a great defensive team. It just has to be okay. If they were an okay defensive team, with the way they can score points, they would have won a lot more games last year. But, Trent, they sucked Damn. on defense. It was, it was holy! Let the guy go right to the basket. So I got to see it before I believe it. I'm with you. And uh, to illustrate that point, last year defensively they were 242nd in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. And that's not just, you know, pace of play. That also tempo is a part of that metric. And on the other side, they were 19th in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. That's how good they were on the offensive end. And even if they improve that, look, I I don't think the expectation should be suddenly that this is a top 30 defensive team. And they have been that under Fran McCaffrey. The junior and senior years of Gassell and Sapp and Woodbury, that group, 
they were in the top 30 defensively in the country those two seasons. But even if you get up to the top 100, coupled with what they have offensively, you are talking about a good team. But that that is a big leap. And Bohannon getting back healthy, getting more lateral quickness as he works his way back from plantar fasciitis, that is going to be a help. And the other thing, Jim, this was an incredibly young team. Even though we saw a lot of Bohannon, mm-hmm. a lot of Cook, yep. Pemsel, those guys as freshmen, in terms of experience, this was one of the least experienced teams in the country. Now, mm-hmm. Bohannon, Cook, Pemsel, those guys, Creener, those guys are upperclassmen. They're juniors now. Right. There's there's yep. no more excuses, oh, we were young. That That is goes by the wayside now. The time to put up or shut up comes up this season for Iowa. I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. And I, look, I, I hope that they improve tremendously, and I hope that they're in the hunt for an NCAA tournament bid. It makes our job much more interesting mm-hmm. instead of just railing on a team that just sucked last year. So, But the Big Ten is not going to go away. Nebraska got their best two players back. So they're going to be good. We know Penn State's going to be good. We know Michigan State. We know Michigan. I mean, all of these teams, Indiana, they're all going to be solid basketball teams. Minnesota's going to be good after everything that they went through last year. So this is not going to be like a walk in the park and teams lost so much that everybody is just going to bow their head to mighty Iowa. Uh, That is not going to be the case. No, you're not going to see that, no doubt, Jim. And it is uh, going to, you would anticipate, be a bit better Big Ten than it was a year ago. That was another baffling component from a season ago. The Big Ten was bad. Iowa was anticipated to be pretty good. And they were bad in a bad Big Ten. Difficult to wrap our mind around it, but we uh, look forward with that. Well, Tyler Cook, as we talked about, he's one of those guys anticipated to make a jump forward in his junior season. And, And with Cook... Pulling his name out of the NBA draft. There'll be a lot of expectations there. But, Jim, before we get out of here today, as we are, uh, what, about 48 hours away from the NBA draft, mm-hmm. uh, yep. there's been uh, a lot of beating of the chest, a lot of proclamations being thrown out there by some uh, some of the prospects that are going to be taken in the first round. And uh, I think he got a little fired up reading some of those comments. I heard you grumbling over there earlier today. Oh, my God, Trent. I, I cannot believe these kids. I mean, they're all going off. DeAndre Ayton, I'm the best player in the draft. Bagley, I'm the best player in the draft. Trey Young, I'm going to do things that have never been done before. Shut up! You're not Steph Curry. You're not LeBron James. You're not MJ. You're not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're not Wilt Chamberlain. I, I just can't believe these guys are making these proclamations. And then Michael Porter Jr., who has roughly 53 minutes, let me repeat that, <laughs> 53 minutes of actual college basketball game time under his belt, is saying, oh, I'm go- I've, my, my skills are just like Giannis, the Greek, the, the Greek freak. What? No, they're not. No, they're not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Trent. This is going to be, Thursday night is going to be highly, highly entertaining. Because for some reason, some of these players have visions of grandeur and believe that they're just going to walk into the NBA, not college basketball, the NBA. The best players on the freaking planet play in this league and they would like nothing better than to pound your sorry ass into the ground night after night. 
So I just, I just, I, 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 I just, I, I can't remember. You know, you get one or two guys that that might, you know, go out and say, "Oh, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm this, I'm that." Mm-hmm. But not like seven, eight, nine of them. Like what has been going on here recently? It's unbelievable. So as we get ready for it, we talked about some of the prospects earlier in the program today with Scott Phillips from NBCSports.com and kind of dug in a little bit. Is there guys that you're starting to like a little bit more? Jim, I I said a little bit earlier, I'm continuing to scratch my head. I watched Mm -hmm. DeAndre Ayton. He was a really nice player, and and he had to play power forward more than normal because they basically were playing two big guys together, Scott Miller. Uh, Sean Miller, excuse me, I think that was one of the mistakes of many mistakes that he had a season ago. But, Jim, I look at Bagley, and I'm just, every time I watched Duke last year, he was so good, and he was so efficient. I know the limitations that people talk about defensively. I get it, and you have to be able to defend. You have to be able to screen on ball screens up front if you're a big guy. That is a huge part of the game today. Bagley's young. Bagley, he should be getting ready for his freshman year of college right now. Yes, Yet he's going right. in there. Best case scenario for Aiton, he's Carl Anthony Towns, right? A, a guy that can step out, shoot, can do things defensively, and is that prototypical big guy in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think the upside's even higher though for Bagley. Is it? Is it just defense? Maybe that I'm missing here. I'm I'm concentrating too much of falling in love with what he does on the offensive end. I, I think you I think you have uh, hit the nail on the head, and that's why some teams are a little reluctant to say his name that much more, is because he can't guard his shadow. So from that standpoint, that's a major drawback in today's NBA, particularly with a guy his size. Can he can he score? Can he rebound? Absolutely. Can he block a shot here and there? Yes, he can. And he can run the floor like a freaking gazelle. But if he can't stay on the floor to guard somebody, if he is foul-prone, which he was a few games at Duke, got into easy foul trouble, that that's going to you know change your philosophy. At least you're going to think about it. Is the guy skilled? Yes. Is he really, really, really young? Absolutely. Here's We always talk about potential. And I always tell people that potential generally gets coaches fired. Right. So, so from that standpoint, you got to be a coach who's real comfortable in your skin and knows that and knows that has job security and then you can take a guy like that, okay? And look, he's going to go if he's not one, and everybody thinks that Aiton will be one to Phoenix, and that Sacramento will most likely take Bagley, so then the draft really opens up. Jaron Jackson's stock has risen. Why? Because he played defense. Didn't score that much at Michigan State, but he is a defender, and so that that has shot his stock uh, price up. Uh, Luka Doncic over in uh, in Europe. Uh, this guy has the game, and he's 19. 6'8", 19, and about 225, and can really play. Somebody who gets him is is really going to hit the mother load if they have a centerpiece around this guy, because he's going to be a top pro for 10 years. 
I mean, it it goes on and on and on. Look, I don't know if Trey Young can guard anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Steph Curry came in, they said, well, he's so slight, he's going to get beat up, can't guard anybody. Okay, Steph Curry's defense is not great, but it's somewhat adequate in today's NBA. And, I mean, there are there are major stumbling blocks on a lot of these players. We still don't know what Michael Porter Jr. can do. We have absolutely no clue. And are you a general manager who's going to take a chance, A, on his back, and B, on his hip? Because that's what was bothering him why he canceled those other workouts was his hip. So I, I, I don't know, Trent. It's going Thursday night should be just nuts. It, it should really be. should. It should be, especially if you get teams who want to try to trade up, too. We'll get into that a little bit more, Jimmy B, on the docket for tonight as uh, the Cubs and Dodgers played earlier today. Doesn't look very good tonight in Chicago to get the second game of that doubleheader in, and we'll see if there's going to be maneuvering happening there. College World Series tonight, Arkansas-Texas Tech, a little Mm -hmm. SEC Big 12 matchup. I think that'll be part of the rotation this evening, but... It's an easy one for me tonight, Jimmy B. Not just because it's my squad. It's, of course, the Twins. <laughs> Boston, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah but, but the pitching matchup so good. Chris Sale yes. going up against Jose Barrios. Young star against one of the best in the game. That's where I'm yeah. going to be locked and loaded tonight at Target Field. Uh, I am going to sample that one as well, and I'm also going to uh, peek in as well uh, for the late-night game with Arizona and the Angels. Mm -hmm. I will sample that, but I will be with you on watching some of Boston, Minnesota. Uh, Look, the Dodgers in the game that they just completed uh, got two runs in their half of the ninth inning and ends up coming from behind to beat the Cubs 4-3. to So I can hear Cubs fans right now just absolutely going crazy that they couldn't beat the Dodgers. Look, we know how good the Dodgers are. Everybody has picked them to come out of the West once again. And they started off extremely bad. We're at one time like nine games below 500. Now, Trent, they have righted the ship and they're starting to look like the team everybody thought they were going to be. And they win this game uh, 4-3 to three over Chicago. Look, I, 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 I would really like to see Houston. I might look in on them a little bit tonight. And the reason is, haven't they won like 13 in a row? Yeah. Yep. It's unbelievable what, what the Astros are doing right now. So I know they're playing Tampa Bay, but still, you won 13 in a row. That's, for me, I, I want to see if you can continue that streak. Well, it was 12 in a row, and it was in comeback fashion last night. They're looking to make yes. it 13 tonight. Good baseball tonight, College World Series. And uh, back at it tomorrow morning with the World Cup, Jimmy B. Have you been locked and loaded? Have you been watching a little bit in the mornings? I know you're not doing anything in the morning. So, <laughs> Wait a minute now. Come on now. Yeah, I, I, I know better. Por- Portugal, Morocco, that going to get you out of bed early? How about a little Uruguay, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Iran? Anything? I I did watch the Senegal beat Poland yeah. today for a little while. Uh, and Senegal uh, scored two goals. Poland scored with about uh, eight minutes left in the game to make it a 2-1 win for the Senegal. Uh, and I found that one to be, it was okay. I, I mean, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I told you. I'm not excited about the World Cup. There's no USA team in. 
um, will I watch players? I'll watch when Messi plays, when uh, Ronaldo plays. I mean, you know, when the stars come out, I'm I'm going to take a take a peek at it. But for me. There's no Johan Cruyff. There's no Franz Beckenbauer. There's no Giorgio Kinalia. There's no Pele. There's there's no. I mean, come on. There's no Kyle Rote Jr. Come on, give me some players here. Well, you named one person I no, heard of there, so that shows you well, my, my my knowledge base. Yeah, <laughs> of soccer. Look those guys up. They were all star players back in the day. Oh, back Every in, one of them. Back in the day was the uh, proverbial yes. proverbial root word there. And we are out of time, Jim. Enjoy it all and get up early from Morocco. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but I will see you tomorrow bright and early, everybody, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right here on the Big Talker 1700.